All right, well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you. So good to see you. Uh, again, welcome to New Life Church. If you have come in over the last 15 minutes since we officially greeted you, we greet you again. I'm going to ask everybody to take their seat and let's get our Bibles out. Let's get ready for the Word of God. Who's ready today for God's Word? All right, well, awesome. Good to hear that. Let me invite you to open to the New Testament to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be right in that, in that area of 12, 13, and 14. Primarily going to be in 14 today. But 1 Corinthians 12, and we try to put a lot of these scriptures on the screen for you as well, just in case um, we move at a little faster pace, then your hands can turn the pages or your thumbs can can uh, scroll down your smartphone on your Bible app. So, uh, just by, I've always wondered, who, who uses one of the Bible apps on your phone or your tablet or something? Quite a few. Okay, cool, awesome. We've been working to try to improve our, our Wi-Fi here as well. Um, you should be have, you should, by now it should be really, really good. Um, and so, uh, in case you ever have issues, let's let us know, but we're trying to make sure we keep that, keep that intact for you, especially if you're using your phone for the purpose of your Bible and not Facebook and Twitter and, you know, Instagram and, you know, things like that. So, uh, but I know no one in here would do that. I know that. I know no one would ever be doing that. You'd be listening. You're, in you're engaged. So, only if you were tweeting the message back live, right? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, as you know, we've been... Uh, we've been in a, a series called Gifts that we've been exploring this idea that God has about the way He wants to use our life and the, what He puts inside of us, gifts. We've looked at motivational gifts in Romans 12. We started last week looking at spiritual gifts, or also or they're called manifestation gifts, in 1 Corinthians 12. But as we look at this text, we, we begin to realize and understand that 1 Corinthians 12 also is in context with chapter 13 and chapter 14. That you can't miss uh, 12 without putting 13 and 14 in there. It's the way Paul put it together and lays it out beautifully to help us have a greater understanding about these things called spiritual gifts. They're also, also called special abilities by the Holy Spirit. Special abilities for special purposes. It's really kind of how we can look at it. If you want to narrow it, real, narrow it down as far as you can. Special abilities for special purposes. Ultimately, for God to use us to help other people to know Him, to live for Him. Let's look at these first few verses here. That, that we, We're taking some verses out of 12, 13, and 14. They'll also be on our screen. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Paul says, look, listen. He says, now, dear brothers and sisters... Regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives you, I don't want you to misunderstand this. In other words, I'm about to say, he's about to say some things that's going to help us to understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Look down to verse 7. He says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Look down to the last verse of, of verse 31. He says, So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. He goes into chapter 13. He talks about love. In the last verse in 13, which is 13, he says three things will last forever. Faith, hope, 
and love. And the greatest of these is love. Chapter 14, verse 1. He says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Let's pray over this today. God, we thank you for your word. We need help understanding it. Sometimes, God, we make more of it than we should, and we don't put forth the effort to understand like we know to. So right now, as we set aside a little time today, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Break it down and help us understand it. May our heart be open. May our mind be open. May our lives be open, O oh God, to walk in your ways, to walk in our calling and to fulfill our purpose that you have for us. One word from you can change our entire life. So let it be today. We honor you and we thank you now. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. As I mentioned, gifts, talking about gifts. Primarily today, last week and today, talking about the spiritual gifts that Paul outlines here in chapters 12, 13, and 14. We're going to go back and look at some other verses in these. I wanted to pull those verses out, kind of the preface to set this thing up again today to kind of put our mind around the, 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 the framework, if you will, of what he's getting at. But really, what, what the heart of this is all about is about purpose. Look at this verse on the screen, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 11. The Amplified says, To everything there is a purpose, or excuse me, there is a season, and a time for every purpose. Can you say Purpose. A time for every purpose under heaven. And then he goes on and says, God has also planted in our hearts a divinely implanted sense of purpose. That when God formed us and created us all the way back from Adam and Eve, all the way now from when we come from our parents and generations past, we're born with a sense of purpose planted in our heart by God, divinely implanted inside of us, meaning we're going to always ask, why on earth am I here? What is my reason for living. Why am I existing? So God created us on purpose, and he also created us with a purpose. That purpose chiefly is this, to be in fellowship with God and to be faithful in what God calls us to do and how we live our life. To be in fellowship with God and to be faithful in what he calls us to do to do. But first things first, to step into that, we have to recognize God loves us. There's a plan in God, and God has a plan for us. We must be born again. We must yield our life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We must welcome the love of God in our life that forever changes the trajectory of our destiny and puts us on the right path, which leads us in our right purpose with our God. And then secondly, we need to begin to explore and understand how God has made us and wired us, what motivates us. And that's what we spent a message on a couple of weeks ago on of Romans chapter 12, talking about the motivational gifts. We, there's many ways that you can begin to explore that. There's a lot of tests and surveys and uh, written and online things now that you can do, but we provided a simple one 
uh, a survey that we have available for you at the guest and connect table that you can pick up today before you leave. If you have not done that, that gift survey yet, we've been talking about it now for three weeks. So if you haven't done it yet, I implore you, stop by the table before you leave, pick one up, take it home, and do that survey. And begin to understand what the way God has made you and why he's made you that way. And it'll begin to answer a lot of questions. So then begin to know who we are, why God made us this way. Begin to see our strengths, those special gifts. But then there's also something else deeper. And that is the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. God, the Holy Spirit, produces things in us that we are unable to make happen for ourselves. And, and Paul talks about them here, and we're going to look at them again here in a minute. But they're called the spiritual gifts or the gifts of the Holy Spirit, special abilities. Special, per, special abilities for special purposes. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to be a receiver and a giver when it comes to the gifts that he has to give us. Not only are we called to receive, but then he uses our life to be a giver to help other people because aimly, chiefly, primarily, these gifts are given in our life by the Holy Spirit to help others ultimately to know God, to love God, and to live for God. You got saved. You gave your life to Jesus because somebody was under the instrument of the Holy Spirit being used by God with a special gift to speak to you, to serve you in a way that helped God use to open your eyes up to the revelation that God loves you, Jesus loves you, He has a plan for you, His ways are better and higher than ours, and you said, wow, that makes a lot of sense now, I'll give my life to Him, and you got born again. Some, God uses people with these gifts by the Holy Spirit to help other people know Him, love Him, and live for Him. It's reciprocated as well. Not only do we, are we a receiver, but we're also called to be a giver in that. I believe firmly that fulfilling our purpose and walking in our calling is directly linked to the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit that He wants to use in our life. We believe as a church these gifts are for today. They didn't pass away with the apostles back in the early part of, of history when the church uh, began and shortly thereafter. We believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. They have always been for today because we are not perfect yet. We have not arrived to heaven yet. And when we get to heaven, then we will no longer need anything on this planet. But in the meantime, while we have a life to live and a destiny to fulfill and a purpose to walk in, God gives us the Holy Spirit, and part of that, He gives us gifts to help us get to where He needs us to get to. Because more than you realize, maybe more than you desire sometimes, God wants you to make it more than he, you want to make it. God wants you to get to where He wants you to get, be with who He wants you to be, do what He wants you to do, oftentimes a lot more than we desire to do that on our own. It requires the help and the aid and the assistance of the Holy Spirit. That was what was so beautiful about our part of our worship time this morning earlier was we came to the altar and we laid down whatever it was. We exchanged whatever it was that was getting the best of us and we walk away with the help of God. That was, that was one way the Holy Spirit worked this morning to help us. And so, look at this statement on the screen. It says, I don't want the people I pastor here in our church to miss their moment or their purpose. Therefore, I desire everyone in our church to operate in the special abilities, the special gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't want any one of you to miss your moment and 
miss your purpose. We need all that the Holy Spirit has to give us. And part of what He has to give us are special gifts, special abilities that not only help us, but they also help us help somebody else. How many of you can say without a doubt, man, I've been helped by the Holy Spirit in some way? How many of you could say, I've been helped by the Holy Spirit through a person? Yeah, every single one of us in some fashion or form. You might not be able to think of it today, but I guarantee you when you leave, something's going to hit your mind. You're going to be like, oh yeah, they did help me. But like I said, to better understand this, we've got to look at this in context. So let's start in chapter 14. We covered 12 and 13 last week. That message is on our church website, newlifechurchofjackson.org. You can listen to those weekly. But let's look at chapter 14. I took, took chapter 14 and broke it down into three areas. And I, and I named these three areas based on some of the revelation of the word. And that is this desire. Area one is desire. Area two is understanding. Area three is edifying. Desire, understanding, and edifying. And we'll see where our desire goes ultimately should lead to edification. Being built up being made strong in God. Let's look at verse 1. It says, he said, let love be your highest goal. Another translation says, desire love and desire the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives. Okay? So the first part of this, about, these, about all that Paul's been writing, he wrote all this in one letter, and it's broken down into chapter and verse for us, 12 and 13, leading to chapter 14. And the verse, first verse he says that in chapter 14 is desire love and desire the special gifts of the Holy Spirit. So it's not or, it's and. Desire love and desire the special gifts of the Holy Spirit. What is so imperative about desire love and desire the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit? Well, he says, desire love, let it be your highest goal. The message version says, go after love with everything you got. See, love is a powerful thing. When we've been touched by love, we get changed by love. And the kind of love Paul is laying out here is what's called agape love. The Greek word for love that he uses is agape. It's an unconditional love. It's a love by, it's a deep affection in attitude and in feeling. But it's not just about feeling, it's about action. It's deep. It's a deep love, a deep affection. And so that means this, that agape means this, that love means this. To desire this kind of love means to eagerly pursue and acquire this kind of love. In other words, don't stop until you get this kind of love being active in your life. Let's face it, we have days where we don't love the way Christ says to love. We got some people in our life that we just don't love the way Jesus says to love, right? And therefore, it, we are incapable of loving people, everybody, the way we're supposed to without the help of the Holy Spirit. And so we need this love. And he says, desire it, acquire it, pursue it. Beg God to give you love for people. Ask God by the Spirit of God to pour out his love in your heart fresh and anew. Fresh and anew for people. And he said, don't stop until you get this kind of love. Let's look at what this is. It's 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. 
Paul lays it out like this and describes that love is patient. Love is kind. In other words, if we have this kind of love operating in us, we're going to be patient and we're going to be kind. Said you, if you have this kind of love, it says you won't be jealous, you won't be boastful, proud, or you won't be rude. Said if you have this kind of love going on in your life, he said you won't be demanding your own way. Won't be doing any temper tantrums. Won't be stomping your feet, shaking your hands, and getting mad when it doesn't go your way, right? He says, if you have this kind of love, you don't act that way. He said, this kind of love, it's, it's not irritable. This kind of love, it says, it keeps no record of wrongdoing towards other people. We don't hold grudges. In other words, Christians aren't supposed to hold grudges, right? We're not supposed to keep that kind of stuff going. He says, it does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins. Said so this kind of love, if you got this kind of love going on in your life, it says you don't ever give up. No matter what. You don't ever lose faith. Keeps you going, keeps you believing. It says you are always hopeful. It's what this kind of love does. So this kind of love, it also it makes you endure through every circumstance. Now that's powerful. No matter what you face. If we've got this kind of love happening in our life, Paul says, desire this kind of love. Now, knowing this, why wouldn't we desire this kind of love? Over our selfishness, over our pride, over our arrogance, over our fleshly carnal side. Why wouldn't we want this kind of love to rock our boat? That's the kind of love God says can live inside of every person who calls me Lord. That's the kind of love that can exist in your heart that will help you love your enemies when they're hurtful against you. It's the kind of love that'll make you pray for those who persecute you. How? It's the kind of love that'll cause you to forgive people. That's the kind of love God says is possible, but he says you need to desire it. So if, what he's getting at is saying this, the Holy Spirit wants to do so much in your life, the Holy Spirit wants to be so strong and so evident in your life and give you what you need, but it starts with love and it continues with love. I said this last week, perhaps we don't see these spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit as much today in the church because we don't love the way God says to love as often as we should. And then on the flip side, maybe we would see an increase of the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit if we really loved the way Christ says to love. Now again, that doesn't mean we're going to be perfect at this. God knows we're not perfect. We're still incomplete. But He gives us the Holy Spirit to help make us get there. In other words, we don't stop desiring. Desire, desire, desire. Desire love. Desire and acquire and pursue this kind of love with everything you got. Don't be content with hating people. Don't be content with holding grudges. Don't be content with living offended. Don't be content taking on somebody else's offense. Don't be content without this kind of love running through your veins consuming you 
Imagine the kind of world we would live in today if we had this love truly revolutionizing and working through every heart of every Christian that walks this planet. There would not be a need that wouldn't be met. There would not be a relationship that would not be restored. There would not be a, a, a drug addictor or whatever else that could not be delivered and set free. There would not be anything of sin that sin would, would take on that love couldn't conquer. God is saying this kind of love is for today. This kind of love can happen today, but we have to desire it. And he starts off that chapter, he said, basically, with this kind of love, with this kind of love, I am somebody with everything, but without this kind of love, I am allowed nothing with nothing. I have nothing to show for whatever I am doing if I don't love the way God says to love. And here's the thing, we need these gifts to be in action. We need the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow in our life, to move in our life. We need them to be operating in our life. But it starts with love and continues with love. It says this, because I love you, then I'm going to ask and desire the Holy Spirit to give me a gift to help you. You see what triggers the release of gifts? Love. Because I love you, I'm praying that God will give me a gift to help you, to help a stranger, to help one I love, to help one I know, to help one I'm close to, to help somebody I don't even know, but the Holy Spirit knows what we need to know today. This little encounter this morning in our worship time of coming to the altar, the Holy Spirit said, look, I have something for you. I didn't know. I sensed that the Holy Spirit was wanting to do that. You see, love triggers the release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our life. And we need them more than we may realize. But then he doesn't stop with love. He also says, desire the special abilities of the Holy Spirit. They go together. Love and gifts. Love and gifts. Love and gifts, right? Oftentimes we equate love by gift giving. And the Holy Spirit loves us and he wants to give us these gifts. And so he says, desire love and desire the special abilities. Let's look at them real quick. They're 1 Corinthians 12. Got them on the screen, verses 8 through 10. I'm not going to teach them all like I did last week, but I'm just going to look at them. There's nine of them. The gift of the word of wisdom. The gift of the word of knowledge. The gift of, of great faith. The gifts of healings. The gift to perform miracles. I mean, so far, you say, back up. So far, that answers a whole lot of life's issues right there. Wisdom, insight, knowledge, having great faith to trust God with whatever. If I'm sick, God can heal me. Man, whatever is going on that needs the overridden law of nature to happen, the Holy Spirit's capable of giving a gift to handle that. Let's look at the next set. Then there's the gift of prophecy, the gift of discerning spirits, the gift of tongues, the gift of the interpretation of tongues. All of these gifts, there's nine 
spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. And any one of them we can operate in if we desire the Holy Spirit to do so. May not always happen, but man, it sure would be fun trying. Aiming our life at love and aiming our life at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because just think about it. Not only are they there to help us as receivers of them, but they're also there to help us help other people. How in the world is the church going to help a, a world that's broken? By the help of the Holy Spirit. And who does the Holy Spirit use? He uses people. He uses us, the church. So those are the nine gifts. I just encourage you to go back through those, read them, look over them. And here's how, it, kind of the bridge of that. Desire love and desire gifts. So we desire love while also desiring the special abilities of the Spirit. And what that does, it makes us a receiver, a beneficiary. And it makes us a giver, a benefactor. It's a beneficiary, the one who receives. But also it makes us a benefactor, the one who gives. So we desire love, this love of, of, the, of the Holy Spirit, the love of God in 1 Corinthians 13. And we desire these special abilities of the Spirit. And it makes us a receiver and it makes us a giver. Imagine this with me today. Imagine what would happen if every time we gather together every week that we came desiring the love of God like this and we came desiring the special gifts of the Holy Spirit. Imagine what could happen every time we are gathered together. I would say this, that the love of Jesus would be so real the love of God would be so authentic. The love of Christ would be so present that it would melt every hard heart. It would soften every hard heart. It would, it would melt every cold heart. The love of God would rejuvenate the most broken and lost soul that's ever here. Whatever issue we have, if we came desiring love and desiring the Holy Spirit gifts then there wouldn't be a problem that, the, that God couldn't solve right here when we come together. You name it, whatever it might be. You come in with an issue, you come in with a problem, you come in with a question, you come in with a need, you come here with, the, you need God, you need help. The Holy Spirit knows that, and God knows who's going to be here. He knows who's going to wake up and show up, who's going to sleep in and not come. And he knows who's going to make this a priority. And if we desire love like Paul says, and we desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit like Paul says, then just imagine what could happen and what would happen. Everybody, the believer and the unbeliever alike, we'd get saved, we'd get filled with the Holy Spirit, we would get delivered, we could get healed, we could be taught God's Word. We can be inspired, we can be encouraged, we can be given some inspiration to make the right decision that we're praying about. I mean, think about it. We come together for an hour and a half. That's what we do. Some churches are like six hours on a Sunday, man. Some are 30 minutes. But if we would just give God that time, whatever it is, and we would come saying, Lord, today, but, when I, but as I go to church, I don't know everybody there, and I don't know who all you're going to have there today, but fill my heart with your love right now. I know I got my things going on, 
but I want your love to fill me. And I want the Holy Spirit to use me today. See, you don't have to be pastor or prophet or preacher holding the mic or, or praise and worship leader or anyone else for God to use you. We're just leaders in the church, and part of our job is to help equip you to be empowered by the Spirit to serve God and help other people. So you come desiring love, and you come desiring the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Imagine what could happen. But oftentimes, here's what happens. We come with just our need only. And we're not mindful that God could and He would use me if I would just acknowledge that. You see, it's oftentimes in your most weakest moment. Well, it's always in your weakest moment that God shows up and is strong through you. I've said this before. Oftentimes the, the Holy Spirit will give me this gift of, of faith and healing when my whole family is at home sick. And I don't get that. I don't understand that. I don't like that. But every single time that's happened, the Holy Spirit drops it on me and says, I want you to pray for those who are sick. And I'm thinking, God, I got three at home sick. He's like, yeah, but in your weakness, I will be strong. You see, we think we got to have it all going on and have every I dotted and every T crossed for, the, for God to use our life. And I'm sorry, he takes the broken and the weaker things to confound the wise and the strong things. He works opposite of the way this world works. And friend, that's how we begin to get our faith built up and our life straightened out and our walk stronger, our faith bigger, our trust broader, our love deeper, our devotion greater, as we just say, God, I want your love, and use me. Somehow, use me today. You see, it all goes back to purpose. If you will live your life believing that you are called to be in fellowship with God and be faithful in what God calls you, God will use you. He'll use you in this service. He'll use you in the corporate gathering like this, but he'll use you on the job. He'll use you at home. He'll use you at the grocery store. He'll use you at the park. He'll use you wherever. These gifts are for all of us, and they can be used in our entire life, every day. Love is powerful. You see, this is what God wants to do. God wants to do this sort of thing, I believe, with all my heart today. In this modernized, Americanized, westernized society, the Holy Spirit wants to use His people. He wants to get to you and he wants to get through you. He wants to get to you and he wants to get through you. Love is a powerful thing. Desire love and desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be able to finish this message today. I kind of had a feeling I wouldn't when I was preparing it. And if you know me, I like to finish what I start. So I have to yield to the Holy Spirit and just say, okay, you, you're, you know what you're doing here. So I'm, 
we'll have to pick up with the second part of this message next week, which means those of you who are extremely intrigued by this, you'll come back. Last weekend was Valentine's weekend. The Lord won't let me move off this subject of love. I gotta keep I gotta talk about it for a minute. It won't let me go to these next two parts. But last weekend was Valentine's weekend. And actually Sunday was. It was Valentine's and I get a Valentine's card from my wife. I'll spare you the, the intimate parts. It's getting hot in here. Okay. <laughs> My wife said, Jeremy, I love you. I trust you. I admire you. I follow you. I desire you. I believe in you. I'm inspired by you. I feel safe with you. I feel loved by you. Me? <laughs> I read that again this week. We usually have a little tradition. We get our cards. We put them like on our little kitchen bar area. Look at them. Let them stay there for a while. But I was looking at it again, and I was looking at this this week, and just praying and studying and thinking. And I was thinking, man, how strong love is. How strong love is. That... God's love for us, God's love for you, it's stronger than you realize. It really is stronger than you know. We can never exhaust God's love. Ever. Some perhaps here today are thinking, every mistake I've made, all the things I've done wrong, there's no way God would love me. You see, that's exactly why he loves you. Because he sees past your issue. Sees through your problem. He sees right into your heart. Even if it's clouded and dark. Full of secrets. God sees through it. Because he knows that within that heart, he planted a divine sense of purpose. You see, God has a purpose for you. And I know we're real good at trying to screw that up. And many times we think we've done enough to damage it. And just when we think that, God has a way of reminding us you're still living and you're still breathing. It's not time for you to go yet. And I know you're not perfect at, at this. But he said, I don't call those who are qualified. I qualify those whom I call. And I want every single one of you to hear today, God is calling you. Every single person, from a wheelchair 
to someone who would listen online who's not present, to every single one of you in a seat, to every one of your children who is in a class. God calls you. He has called you by name, and those he calls by name, he justifies. And those he justifies, he glorifies. And he shows himself to be faithful and strong and true through every up and down, through every twist and every turn of life, whether you created it or whether the enemy did. God has a way of redeeming and letting us know no mistake is too big. No sin is too horrible. No issue is beyond his reach. That today, if we will be, if we will allow ourselves to be affected by the love of God in Christ Jesus that the Holy Spirit puts in us, we won't be the same. We will not live the same. What God wants us to get to is to live according to 1 Corinthians 13. Where Paul says this is the best way of life. And that's why out of these three things, faith, hope, and love, they're great. But the greatest of all faith, hope, and love, love is the greatest. Love breaks down walls. Love destroy strongholds. Love changes perception. If we will aim our life in the direction of love, which is God, God is love, we will walk in an empowering way to where our greatest challenges our strongest hurdles our biggest obstacles whether it be through a situation or whether it be through a person God's love has a way of changing things but he's got to change it in us first can you go to my very last slide? Should be one more. If it didn't copy over right. No more? Okay. Well, here's what I want to tell you. This is about your purpose on earth. You can't fulfill your purpose without the gifts of the Holy Spirit and you won't truly enjoy life without the love of Christ in your heart. And you need the church to help you move forward. You need the body of Christ. And so, I tell you that to tell you this. To repent where you have struggled loving other people the way Christ compels us to. And then, after you repent, expect, desire, the Holy Spirit 
to revolutionize your walk in this world. If you are holding something against somebody, if you have not forgiven someone for something, if you are harboring an offense because of somebody else's offense, if you don't like somebody, I'm not saying you're going to be best buds. Man, I believe there's too much pettiness that goes on in the church today across the board. And I believe that's part of the reason why we don't see the power of the Holy Spirit like God desires. Love must be pursued. Love must be pursued.